Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. It's powerful. Like when you consume a cupcake, it's not dainty, right? Come on. So we sing these songs and we're like, consume all that we are, God, but not, not that part of my life. You follow? Not this part. Don't consume the part that I really want to hang on to. I want you to just consume all the parts that I feel are out of control. But the stuff that I got, I want to hold on to. So God, come and consume part of who I am. Suddenly doesn't carry the authority that we get to walk in. There's power in the words that we sing, guys. And it's so freeing and releasing when you say, God, consume all that we are. Every part of my body, I just want you to take it and make it better. Make it the way you designed it originally, like Garden of Eden, perfect. Fellowship with God, total peace, total freedom, no bondage, no fear, no pain, no anything. We have the authority to call God forth into our lives because he's given us the authority and say, God, rip out anything that doesn't look like you. Make me like you tonight. Why don't you grab somebody near you and look them deep in the eye. You can put grab three together if you need to. No more than three though. Two or three in a group. Look into each other's eyes right now and just go, when Jesus walks into your life, tell them. Darkness starts to vanish. Every hopeless situation ceases to flippin' exist. Yeah, we said flippin'. This is good, right? Say, all right. Say, all right, there you go. Oh, you don't have to repeat all of that, all right? But here we go. Say this. Say, God, consume us. Stop letting us live in this place of blah. Say that right. Yeah, nobody likes blah, right? Come on. When Jesus walks in to the room, walks in to your life, when you open yourself and say, come consume it, it has to, something will change. I guarantee it. And it will not ruin you. God promised it. He's a loving father. The other song, oh my gosh, that'll wreck you. Listen to me, guys. Most of you, none of you have kids. I do. I got three boys. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, there is nothing that my three boys can do that can change the way I love them. Zero. They could completely go and burn my house down. And my love for them would not drop one ounce. They could say, you know what, my dad hates me. Doesn't make it true. Because I love my kids. I'd lay my, lay, lay my life down for my kids right now, this minute, this day. Easy. I wouldn't even have to be like, oh, let me weigh that out. No problem. And I suck at being a father compared to what God is. Nothing that you can do, say, think, live, act out ever can affect his love towards you. So if ever you get that little lie in the corner of your mind that says, man, God doesn't love me. I did this. I said this. I totally told him I hated him. Guess what? You don't have that much power to make God hate you. You're not that big and powerful, guys. 
Most of you have heard this before, but goodness, I need to be reminded of stuff all the time. Truth of God. He is not confined to your response. He's not limited to loving you only when you feel it. God's love is so ridiculous in favor for you and for the rest of your life. You can't mess it up. You can't slow his love down. You can't make him hate you. If you want to go and like go on a mission to try, good luck to you. But I want to tell you right now, guys, his love for you is so insane. So when you say, come and consume me, his love goes, yes. And he gives you wholeness. He doesn't rip you down and make you worthless and make you weak and pathetic. He builds you up in the way that a loving father totally would. If my son, you know, my four-year-old, you know, comes up to me and says, Dad, I really want to be mature. Tell me how to be mature. Am I going to be like, well, you got to stop being so stupid? No, I'm going to be like, well, this is something we can work on. This is something I can help you do. I took my 10-year-old out in the garage on Sunday, so he saw on Instagram, and I let him run a table saw. Right? I didn't go like, no, dude, you're only 10. You can't do that. You'll cut your arm off. I said, no, let's go, buddy. He's like, Dad, I want to build something. I was like, let's do it. That's what dad, like, that's what dads do. That's what God is like. You say, God, teach me. Improve me. Make it better. Do something in my life. He goes, yes. You get that? How many of you were here on Sunday with Charles speaking? Did you catch that? Dave posted it and I shared it. Charles saying, it's not that God doesn't care about sin or is light about sin. It's that he delights in forgiving you. That's freaky. But as a father, once again, I can totally relate to that. I can totally be like, to forgive my kids when they do something dumb, they do, okay? It's like my delight. It's like relationship is restored when I can forgive my kids. And I get excited because when something dumb happens and they do something or beat up on their brother, something breaks and it hurts. It hurts them and it hurts my heart. But the minute that I can say that we can talk it out, work it out, and I forgive, oh my gosh, the joy that blows out of my heart because now my boy and I are tight again and they'll cuddle up in my lap and we'll be like, this is the best. Does that make sense at all? Or is it just like, no, because you don't have kids yet? No, I'm serious, guys. Your father is so in love with you and so looking to make your life rock. Serious. It's his passion for you. It's his joy to help you in the areas where you're weak. The Bible tells us in our weakness, he is strong. When we can't pull it off, when we're not good enough, God just goes, yeah, that's the spot. Here I am. And now I'm just totally like preaching the message already. I'm just close the worship. <laughs> Come on, put your hand on somebody. Come on, grab a shoulder. And I just want you to pray for the person on your right and the person on your left all at one time. So it might sound a little bit like praying in the spirit because you're praying two prayers at once. Okay, right? or whatever. You can pray in tongues if you've got that going on. Do it. But I just want you to pray the love of Jesus be revealed to the person on your right and your left. The Father's love that is so in pursuit of you. 
pray it out. Pray out loud. Let them hear you. There's no magical words to this. Just be like, God, show them you love them. That's the easy one. Show them you love them and say it 50 times right now out loud. Same thing over and over again. God does not get bored with your prayers. He does not. Come on. Show them your love, God. Let them see with their eyes that your love is so good for them. in have a seat if you want as you finish praying. All right, find a seat. Get a little bit comfortable. Tom, can you slide up the, the number eight on that light board, the farthest right one, just a little? I think that should be these lights on my face, brighten it up up here a little bit. <laughs> All right, and that was not what I was going to talk about tonight. I love that, okay? Yes, you guys feel okay? No, oh well. Come on, can you talk a little bit to me? Talk like, hey, hey, what's up? You guys feel okay? Guys, they're like, I got, I don't know. I may not even get to what I'm planning to talk about. But such cool stuff is happening right now. How many of you are a little freaked out by the news lately? How many of you even watch the news or care? Stuff in the Middle East, ISIS, wars, stuff. Anybody a little freaked out? Like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, right? Apocalypse. Anybody fear the apocalypse? Good. I love you guys. That's great, right? Whoa, there's some lights. That's cool. Is that bright enough or too bright? Eh, eh, Right there. Good. Perfect, Tom. Thank you. So, guys, there's so many really great things, right? Jolene walked in here tonight with, like, crazy pain since Firestorm. She really likes attention, so everyone look at her. I'm just kidding. Ah, that's a... Anyway, she walked in here with her whole shoulder and arm, like, totally, like, spent for the last, what, three weeks? Off and on, like, can't use it, hurts, going up in her neck, all this stuff. We got to pray for her in there, like, 85% better? 90% better since she walked in the room? What? Right, yeah. Revival thing, right? That's so good, right? Talked to Mary on Sunday. She was having, like, just, like, really frustrated by the environment she had to live in with friends that are, like, stuff's like they're not doing, you know, things that God really is happy about, you know, and all that kind of things. And she would feel like depressed around them, kind of like, the spirits and like, we just talked and like encouraged her, like you carry more authority, right? She comes up to me tonight when she shows up. She likes attention too. Everybody's staring at her. Ah, there we go. Okay. And she's like, I have been so happy the last few days, just totally feeling the release and the freedom that comes because she was like, I was just talking to God about it and praying about it. And I was really going, God, I need help with this. And your weakness is what? His flipping strength, right? You guys are so loud. I tell you what. Goodness. Wow. Anyway, so these are little tiny snippet things that are going on. Like crazy healing stuff is always happening around here. And it's just like we almost get used to it, right? 
Did you guys happen to see the uh, Charisma magazine cover this week? Johanna's dad is on the cover of Charisma magazine this week. And the big title underneath, it says, the, not a, the healing evangelist. It's like, what? This guy has had documented tens of thousands of healings. I don't know the stats. People raised from the dead, metal things from surgeries like bolts and pins and rods and bars. That's like his specialty. What? And they caught it. They caught the tumor. Like, there's, guys, no lie. This is like Randy walks in such a crazy anointing. Randy Clark, look him up on YouTube or something. It's like, you'll get some videos of people that are like, he's the devil. And it's like, well, ask the person whose tumor fell out of their head when he prayed for him if he's the devil. I doubt it, okay? Yeah, like, you got to kind of let some of that stuff brush off because some people just don't understand or don't want to believe that God is actually powerful, Right? Some people are just like, I don't know. That kind of makes it dangerous, kind of messy. Like, what if we can't explain it? Well, it's God, right? I mean, seriously, there is such cool stuff going on. Randy Clark is writing his thesis, his doctorate paper, which is like 300 pages or crazy. Like, his entire thesis, which has to be backed up scientifically, methodically, like footnotes galore. How many of you ever written a research paper and you had to do footnotes and it's the worst possible thing ever, Right? He has like 300 pages of writing he's got to do footnotes for. Awful. His entire thesis is about metal disappearing from people's bodies miraculously. Documented, x-ray before, x-ray after, bones totally healed, rods and stuff. Have you ever heard of that? People get plates in their heads. And he's got like enough documented miracles of that that he can write a 300-page paper about it. I know. And we just go like, hey. Right? Like... If it was your body, you'd be excited, right? But why can't we be excited when it's somebody's body? Right? Anyway, throw stuff at people. I need like ammunition up here. Airsoft gun. Shut up. Shut up. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you guys. But anyway, so moving on to what I really want to talk about, I want to encourage you with all of this stuff because sometimes I think we hear truth and if we don't hear the testimony of what God's doing surrounding the truth, the truth kind of just goes like, yeah, that sounds nice. But when we can hear that, oh my gosh, God is actually moving, active and doing things, then suddenly the truth in God's word comes to life inside of us and we go like, yeah, right? So what is our theme this month? Do you guys know, remember? It is not even fair, right? Last week downstairs in, in Lyft, I got Hannah DeVita. Do you guys know her? up next to me, and I said, we're going to have an MMA fight. You know who Hannah, Hannah DeVita is? Like the smallest person in Life Center, right? She's tiny, right? And I was like, MMA, you and me. And she's like, ah, right, okay? And we talked about this reality that sometimes we get this impression that the devil is 100 feet tall, and here we are just barely making it, and he just keeps beating me down all the time, right? Does that ever happen to anybody? Yeah, hello, right? So, And I talked about how we flipped that on its head, but here's the deal. I love this kind of stuff when guys like the Apostle Paul get really raw. You guys know who Paul is? Yeah, see, it was kind of like that. Do you guys, anyway, Andre the Giant. Oh, that's going to be so distracting. We can't leave them all going up there. Anyway, just the not fair one. That's all, okay? 
But here's the deal. Paul, you guys have heard of him, right? This is like a true confession moment in the life of Paul. And some of you have probably heard this before. And I'm sorry that it's kind of long, but there's no way I can cut any of this stuff out. But I want you to tell me if you identify with this feeling at all. This is the Apostle Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible, right? Pretty amazing Apostle of God right here. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You following? Because there's a lot of these I do and don't do and all this. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but the sin living inside me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but cannot carry it out. You catching this? Anybody identifying a little bit? Oh my gosh, right? I know what to do and I really want to, but I just don't, right? And we end up doing the things that we totally hate, okay? Paul totally gets you, right? Okay, here we go. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in, my member, in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in, mind, in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Crazy, right? And this was after Jesus. This is the Apostle Paul, right? He's a pretty good guy. And he gets really raw in this whole chapter, but then I don't want to leave you hanging there, okay? Because what he basically laid out here is that there's two natures going on inside of him. Anybody ever feel that? you got that sin nature that's just like, dude, it's fun, right? And then there's the, the, the law of God in your heart that you're just like, no, I don't want to walk down that road. I don't want to be there. And yet, though we know the truth, though we know we shouldn't, something inside us just goes, okay, you know? And we succumb to this thing, and it's, this is why we want to talk to you guys about authority this month is because here's what I want you to catch tonight. Authority is always given. You have the authority because God gave it to you to give authority in your life to whatever you desire to give it to. God was not a God who wanted to make a bunch of puppets out of people and say, I would really like them all to worship me, right? How many of you like Play-Doh or Legos or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, Legos, right? Let's just say you build a nice little city, okay, out of Legos or Play-Doh or something, right? And you make a bunch of these little people, right? And you line them all up on the front edge of the little base plate board thing or whatever, and they all, you just push them all down and they all bow down to you. <laughs> Do you sit back and go like, this is love? I have relationship with them. You get where I'm going with this? No, God put these creatures, these amazing vessels that are nothing like Legos. Look at you guys. Look around the room. 
at the beautiful creation that God was like, boom. And when he finished creating you, right, beautiful creations. I know. Stop looking. All right, no, I'm kidding. Okay? But seriously, God did this amazing thing and created every human being totally unique all the way down to our little fingerprints and the hairs on our head, and we all have different hairlines and earlobes, and everything's different and beautifully perfect the way that God created us. Everybody's like, oh, no, I'm ashamed of that part of me. No, get, out, get over it. He does it. He's not ashamed of what he did. Swallow that. He's not ashamed of what he did. Simmer. Right? And then God took his hand from Adam and said, Live. Free choice. Will you get to pick? You can worship me all the days of your life. And you can turn your back on me, but I want relationship. That was God's design. It'd be a whole different deal if you made those little Lego guys and you had them all set up in the thing and then turn your back and you come back and they've all moved over to the edge and they're going, you're amazing. Right? That'd be pretty cool. Like magic. It'd be, like you guys are like, yeah, I saw the Lego movie. They do that. Right? No, okay. Like, no, like seriously, that would freak you out if these little creatures that you created turned to you and said, we just want to know you. Tell us about ourselves. Tell us what you were thinking when you made us. What do you want to do? Let's hang out. You'd be like, ah, kind of like a horror movie. I'm sorry, right? Yeah, but yeah, it could be bad analogy, right? But do you get what I'm saying? God released human beings and said, worship me or not. What do you choose? And there's such this crazy beauty. He said, you have absolute permission to give authority over your life to where you choose. Total ability. You get to pick who gets authority in your life. Paul was in this mix. He's like, oh, God, I don't want to do these things and this and this. And he quickly recognized there's this sin nature in me and then there's my desire to know God. And I love how it gets better right here because he goes immediately right after this. Therefore, right? Have you ever heard the little phrase, if you see a therefore, you should find out what it's there for. <laughs> Right, uh, right, gotcha, uh, right, terrible, sorry. It's a social security joke, you get it when you're 65. No, okay. they won't get that at all. Social security, you won't get that anyway, <laughs> sorry. <sighs> guys are really quiet. Hi, anyway, yeah, there we go, somebody's making noise. Okay, it says right here, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus came and handed you the keys to set you free from the law of sin and death. He gave you power. But it is, it's something, it's a choice you have to make. You have to say, I'm going to give authority over my life to God or I'm gonna totally agree with the enemy when he comes and lies to me. Guaranteed it'll happen. There will be a test on this this week. 100%. The enemy is gonna come and lie to you and he's gonna say, give me authority. You guys know the whole deal with Satan and Jesus, right? Satan comes to tempt Jesus, right? Takes, takes him up on top of the highest mountain outside the city and says, I'll give you authority of all of this. Because before Jesus went to the cross, Satan had authority over the earth. 
And he handed it out to Jesus. Said, "If you just bow down to me, give me, you know, show me authority, I'll give you the authority over all this land." But Jesus was like, "You've got to be kidding me," because Jesus knew where he was going three years later to the cross to come and take the keys for good, and he was going to win it anyway. But Jesus took authority in that place, and he could have. He could have totally done what Satan tempted him. Jesus was completely 100% capable of sin. I think we miss that sometimes. But he never did because he knew where the authority lied. He knew that his father had the victory in the bag, done, finished, all done, goodbye, forget it. And he walked it out and said, I will not give authority to the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I will give all authority of my life to the Father who gave me the authority to pick. And he knew the victory. He knew the battle was in his hand. And he was like, no way. But he was able to be tempted. And I would say, this is something I heard like years ago, is that Jesus, in fact, probably experienced infinitely more temptation than any human being ever would or ever could because he being the son of God, right, was able to sin but never did. And I believe with all my heart that any one of us would probably fall to the sin way before Jesus ever would have. So he endured the sin that, or the temptation that you walk in every single day and more, and really understands you, really understands where you're at. Because he sweat to the even put to the point when he went to the cross, right? The enemy was trying to work on Jesus and like, okay, could we get him to not do the cross thing? And, you know, Jesus was like, hey, I'm stressed about this thing, right? To the point that he goes before the Father and he's praying and he's so like that he literally, chemically, physically, I don't know how this is possible, sweat blood out of his head. That's a little bit of stress. I think they've proven that that is possible under like the most intense stress known to human beings. Equivalent to like falling off a large building. You might start sweating blood before you hit the ground if you don't black out. Like that kind of stress level required for Jesus to get to that point where he was in that, the temptation of, he could have at any moment said, I'm done, I'm out. Not going to the cross. But he stayed the course because he gave the authority of his life over to the Father and said, I will not give to any lesser power the authority over my life. And guys, what happens, and we know it now, it's easy for us to look back and be like, yeah, Jesus, like, what was Satan thinking? He went up against the Son of God to tempt him. Like, not even a fair fight. Because we can see that the power is totally there. Satan doesn't even have the authority that God has, doesn't even have the ability to step into that reality. Even with Job in the Old Testament, right? You know this story. Satan had to go to God and ask permission to torment Job, right? He had to go. You like couldn't just do it because Satan knows where the authority is. And that's why he's, this is bad, sorry. And that's why he's so completely hell-bent <laughs> on ruining your life pulling the authority away from your heavenly father and putting it in his hands. And the minute you step into that place of agreement with the devil, it's crazy. And you guys have all experienced it. It's that place of, why do I do this? I don't even want to, but I do. But what's really cool is that therefore, 
there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Paul got this like every one of us does. He just went through this whole wrestle. But therefore, because I've, even though I've sinned, there is no condemnation. God is not sitting there going, man, what a screw up, right? Paul was beating himself up pretty good. He's like, what a terrible, awful person I am. I can't believe I do this. And immediately he gets the revelation of God and writes it down for our hope, for our future. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus took the keys from the devil and he doesn't have the authority to put shame and guilt and condemnation on you because God already took care of it, paid for it. But we have the choice. Where are we going to set our authority? Who are we going to give the keys of authority in our life on a daily basis? So stand up. Paul came to a very clear revelation and realization in that passage right there. Is that as much as his flesh strived and tried, I try in the law of God and I try to follow the law and I do this, and, but the Satan's, Satan's still right up in my face trying to get all messing me up on this thing and I end up doing what I hate doing. But the minute he said the spirit of God came to free, to give me freedom. I wish I had the perfect quote memorized all the way, but freedom from the power of the law of sin and death. There is a law of sin and death that you have the option of living under. And there's a law of the spirit of life offered to you by Jesus on the cross. No terms, no conditions, just come and be my child. I'm your father and I want you back in relationship. And he's overjoyed to forgive you every single little bad thought, wrong thing, word you've said, whatever it might be that you've done. He's like, I want it. I want all of it right now. Give it to me. And the exchange he says is, I'll take that and I'll give you me, my Holy Spirit. And guys, you've heard it a million times. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, I thought it was in there. You've heard it a million times. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what? You will receive power. The promised Spirit of God that is the exchange for your sin, when you give the authority back to God for your life, the exchange is, I'll take your sin and I'll give you my Holy Spirit, which equals Power, real power. Like not like, oh wow, I feel happy today. Like real power, I'm gonna destroy and stomp on the devil and his plans and the things in his life. And that's where we got last week with the middle schoolers is when you get this revelation that the Holy Spirit of God lives in you and all demons and all devils and all of that are in complete under that authority, under the authority of God, you can suddenly turn that around and look down and just be like, please, to anything the devil throws at you. Stomp and twist. Just, and you can smile the whole time. Like, that was fun, right? Come on. It does sound fun, doesn't it? Right? It's a whole lot better than that feeling that overwhelms you when you screw up. So stand in the authority given you, not by your fleshly... I'm strong, I can do this, I can do this. But by the power of his Holy Spirit in you, 
for salvation, for deliverance, for freedom, for your friends. You can take authority over demons and spirits and crap in your friends' lives and let them get free. And then you say, that was God. And they go, I like that. We see people's bodies get healed. We see Mary have an awesome week when she goes, God, I need help. I can't do it on my own flesh. I can't handle all this. And he goes, okay, look at my spirit. And she has a joy-filled, happy week around the same people in the same environment because she took authority and said, God, it's not me. So come on down front, everybody. Staff, I want you guys to kind of like get around. Sometimes I feel like as a church, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit an awful lot. And we go like, oh yeah, you need the Holy Spirit and you know, this or that, or what does that look like? Or how does that receive power, guys? And if you've received the Holy Spirit before, like had it happen and awesome stuff and prayer tonight, we're going, hey guys, when was the last time that, or what was the time that you remember that you were the closest to God? And it was moments when God met them. God showed up in whatever their circumstance, they were each different. None of them were the same. Like, oh yeah, it was just like this. And it was warm and it was fuzzy and it was this. And for Damon, it was totally just like God's knowledge downloaded to his mind that gave him freedom over the stuff he was wrestling with in his heart. For Zach Kimball, he got like smacked down on the floor and literally felt like he went right through the concrete floor like a bed of mud and was like stuck in the ground. And he's like, this is cool. Concrete floor, squishy, right? Seriously, he's like, that's all he could explain it as, Right? For some people, it's like, I feel really hot. I'm like, whatever. Some people, I feel really electricity. But guys, we want to be completely available to you as a youth staff to continually pray that you would have the Holy Spirit filling you up, totally blowing you out. So when we ask at the end of an airborne or whatever, hey, if you want prayer for anything, come up and say, man, I want to get filled with the Holy Spirit again. Because I need power to take this thing. I want to hand the authority right into God's hands and be like, Holy Spirit, I want more. You can do this every day when you wake up in your bedroom. You can be like, God, fill me. You can do it every week at Airborne when you come. You can do it every Sunday. Catch us in the sanctuary. Be like, hey, pray for me to be filled over and over and over again. And guess what? The Holy Spirit never runs out. It just gets better. And sometimes we get caught in that one experience we had, and then we go on with our Christian life going, well, that was cool, but I wish we should happen again. Anybody ever felt that way? You felt God, you had his Holy Spirit, like, whoa, I cried for like an hour, and it was like the best, and a week later, you're like, I want that to happen again, it can, it may not look exactly the same, so you got to kind of bust the box off of the thing and say, God, just come, because you didn't know what it was going to look like the first time, and you don't know what it's going to look the second time, but you got to ask, and you got to say, God, I give you the authority over my life, and I need your Holy Spirit to take these victories where the enemy is attacking me day in and day out, and I'm so worn out of doing it on my own, out of my fleshly power, and check me out, I'm so good for a whole week, and then I screwed up again. Holy Spirit, come and be my strength. So I want everybody to just close your eyes right now. And if you just want a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, I want you to put your hands out in front of you to just receive it. God doesn't put a price tag on it. He just says, give, lay your life out before me. Your sin is maybe the only price tag he wants. He's like, hand me back, hand me all that stuff that you know shouldn't be there and I'll trade you for power. 
for freedom, for joy, for a closeness of relationship with you. Staff, I just want you to go around and find these that have their hands out and just pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We're not here to like push you down. We're not gonna do any of that kind of crazy stuff. We're not trying to make anything happen. But truly say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need your Holy Spirit to come inside me and show me what power looks like. And break the box off of what you think it's gonna be. And just say, God, whatever. Come and consume all of me. Make me a new creation. Once again, fill me with your spirit because I wanna walk in power and authority in this world. And if you start to feel your legs get weak or you start to feel like electricity running through your body, don't be like, ah, okay. Just go, oh, good, that's it. That's what it feels like, that's it. There's all different types of things. It might feel cold, it might feel hot, it might feel like wind in a room with no wind. Let go of the sin that so entangles you and receive the Holy Spirit into you. Guys, every single account we've had in the Bible and ever since, when the Spirit comes, He radically changes lives. You hear a testimony of a Randy Clark, like we were talking about before, and his testimony was like, he went up and got prayed for and prayed for it, and the Holy Spirit came and changed his world, and he got this crazy anointing of power for healing, and they all look different. So don't be like, ooh, I'm going to get that one. You might. God has a perfect anointing for each and every one of you that only comes by having his spirit inside of you. You all have gifts and talents, but there's anointings that come when his Holy Spirit fills you. Don't be like, oh, I asked and nothing happened. Continue to ask. Press in a little bit. Say, God, I don't want to leave this spot on the floor until I know you're real in my life right now. I don't know much about what's going on right here, but I want to know more about it. I want to know what Ben's talking about right now. sins. Let go of the stuff that you feel guilty about, the stuff that's burying you and holding you back and making you feel like God doesn't want you. He's got a big old smiley grin on his face and he's got a basket held out in front of you. He says, drop them in. They're already paid for. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He didn't just pay for the sins that did happen and There's nothing more that has to be paid for now for those sins. It's taken care of. He just wants you to get them off your shoulders. Trade them in for freedom. Okay, everybody put two hands in the air for me. God, I thank you for the men and women in this room, God, for the things you're doing in each of their hearts, God, for the 
those little nuggets you're dropping in their spirits, God, and the Holy Spirit that you're just pouring out on each and every one of them, God. God, we pray for power to come out of this group, God. This is not just another group of teenagers, God. These are men and women of God, children, sons and daughters of the Most High God who has empowered them to do the mighty works in the earth, to heal the sick, to see the broken restored, to see the like de- demons like ripped out of people, totally delivered, totally set free, God. God, we declare an end to depression in this generation, God. Come on, if this stuff agrees with your heart, stuff that you feel for friends, for family, for yourself, just claim it. Say, God, yeah. You can say it out loud. Agree and just say, God, yes. I want to see the end of depression in my generation. I want to see the end of suicide in my generation. I'm tired of hearing about kids in my school and the school down the road. Jumping off of bridges, God. Holy Spirit, come and do something different, something new. Invade my school. Use me. Because I will not stand for the authority of the devil being running rampant in my school anymore or in my house. In the name of Jesus, I tell the devil to go from my school, from my neighborhood, from my house. Come on, guys. What if, what if we really believed God could do this? What if we really stepped out of fear and doubt and all of the other stuff that comes with all this? Every one of you wants to be a part of a revival, a radical change in your neighborhood and your school. Every one of you wants to see that happen. Joy unspeakable flowing out of your friends who don't, who hate God. How about the, all of the, the, the atheists getting completely filled with the love of God? How about the Satanists figuring out who's going to win? Come on. power of the Holy Spirit in you is for that purpose. It's not for a warm fuzzy. That's great. We got evidence of God in us, but it's designed to change your world. You have been given authority in the earth to trample on snakes and scorpions and the works of the enemy. And it says, I think it's in Matthew 18 or something. And no one, nothing can harm you. It says, you've been given authority. Nothing can harm you, so stop being afraid. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in you and for you. And watch your culture change, guys. Father, I love these students, God. These mighty men and women right here, right now, God. Speak to them in their hearts, God. Speak to them in their dreams, God. When they open your word, let the, let the pages explode into their hearts, God. It's life, God. That this generation, God, would set the pace for America, would set the pace for what a culture should look like. 
love you, God. We do pray protection, God, that the authority you've given them would go with them everywhere they go. In your awesome, holy name, amen. We love you guys like crazy. If you want more prayer for any of this, I'm so serious. Stay here, hang out. We'll pray for you, talk to you, encourage you. If you're like, yeah, I don't know, please come ask us. Any of these leaders around the room would love to do that with you right now. All right? Or any time during the week, text us and say, I need prayer. Right? Or we're like a daddy or a mommy. We're like, yay, we'd love to do that. We're not like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with them now? Like, no, we're like, that is the best thing in the world for us as little spiritual mommies and daddies, right? To get to pray with you for the stuff that you're dealing with. Oh, my gosh. It's our honor and our joy, guys. Love you. Bless you. There's nachos in the back. There's prayer in the front. (laughs) We love you. Have a really great week, okay? Peace be to you. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.